Hello, my name is Ferrin Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. It's a new year, but we find ourselves once again in lockdown. This is the third time of asking. Our lives are largely limited to our homes, and so much that we take for granted has been closed. Shops, offices, schools, and indeed churches. I'm speaking to you from my garden and in these winter months we have a bird table um, where we put seeds uh, and the birds feed themselves from this table liberally uh, in these hard winter days. I trust and pray that as you join us in these online services that you too would be fed and nourished by the Word of God and that as we praise online that our hearts would be lifted up and be inspired for hope for today and for the future and that we pray pray earnestly and seek God's face for our people our church our land and the world in these challenging and demanding days so do join us I know these services are watched both near and far and you're very welcome to these services thank you for joining us And I welcome you uh, to our uh, diocesan service, which this morning uh, has been hosted by the Manor Hamilton group of uh, parishes and also our own group of parishes here in Drumcliff. And so we begin our worship this morning uh, with our first hymn. God's word says, 
I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. The Lord be with you and also with you. So, beloved in Christ, we come together to uh, offer to Almighty God our worship, praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness and to hear his holy word proclaimed and to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world and to pray that in the power of his spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. And so let's confess our sins to God our Father. And so, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that has passed and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. And so Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. And let's indeed uh, praise him in the words of our next hymn. First reading is from uh, the Manor Hamilton Group. A reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, beginning at the 21st verse. 
Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions, and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. And now we're going to have our next hymn. And after that, Reverend Captain Richard is going to come and speak to us. Thank you.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would use these words for your way and for your glory. Lord, that you would feed our hearts today and that our hearts would be open to what you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Preachers will use all sorts of illustrations to get people's attention. We all love humour and funny stories, don't we? In a church I attended some years ago, the lay reader had a wonderful idea to use in his message one Sunday morning. And so he was using golf for his illustration and he had a golf club, he had a golf ball and he was going to take a swing and take a, take a club through the church. Not sure if it, yes, there are windows at the back of that church as I think about it. And so he went and he went to hit the, cl the club onto the ball. Everyone in the congregation thought, this it can't be for real. Everyone started to duck. He hit the ball and it was an exploding golf ball. And all this white dust covered the first couple of rows of the congregation. He got everyone's attention, but sadly no one could remember what the message was. Today we ask, what is Mark, the writer of this gospel, seeking to convey? I believe Mark, most of all, is seeking to convey that Jesus is set apart. Jesus has an authority that surpasses anyone else we will ever encounter on this earth. On the outside, he might be appearing as someone untrained academically. He might be a carpenter, a tradesman. He might come from a backwater rather than the happening place of Jerusalem. He might be in another backwater, the fishing community of Capernaum on the shores of Galilee, yet this man Jesus is clearly set apart. He's different to all the others who speak about God. He has, everyone declared, he has authority. He knows his stuff. It carries a weight they have never seen before. And Mark's concern is with the reaction of the people. We don't even to get to hear what Jesus says. Rather we hear the reaction. They are amazed. They are astonished. Here is a new teaching with authority. It carries weight. And in a slight on the leaders of the day, taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. He's not just simply talking about God. He's speaking for God. astonished. 
Mark is giving his readers an exercise. Join the dots. Who is this man? He's not just simply talking about God. He's speaking for God. There may have been godly, wise teachers in the synagogues. Yet Jesus quite simply takes it to another level. How does this man Jesus have such an intimate knowledge of God's ways? As I think of Jesus' teaching and that subtle difference between simply talking about God and speaking for God, I believe in a similar way there is a huge difference for us. We can know about God. And we can know God. We can experience God. And knowing about God is not the same as knowing God and experiencing God for ourselves. That God is a reality in our lives. That Jesus wants more than anything to be our best friend. Yes, he's incredible in his glory, he's set apart, and yet amazingly, he wants to know us. He wants us to be his friend. Last week, I went for a walk as I spoke about the call to follow Jesus. As Jesus called the disciples to follow him, it was a call to walk alongside. In our internet-driven age where we have followers on social media, we can lose sight of this. Walking with someone, we get to know them intimately. And today, the challenge, I believe, is how can each of us Draw alongside Jesus. The clue, in many ways, can be discovered in that incredible incident that took place. As we look back to the reading, it wasn't just what Jesus said, it was also what he did. An impure spirit is cast from a member of the congregation. It's not a gentle encounter where someone is simply steered gently outside the church. It's a full-on confrontation between an evil spirit and Jesus. An evil spirit who recognises who Jesus is. And simply through the power of a spoken word, Jesus commands that the Spirit is released. Declaring, be muzzled. Or as one writer wanted to translate it, belt up. Challenge and confrontation lie at the heart of the good news. And we might easily think more of this as some supernatural encounter that is more like something we find in a film 
than the usual visit to church on a Sunday morning. It might be difficult to relate to, this otherworldly type of encounter. But I want to challenge each of us to say that challenge and confrontation are nonetheless part of every one of us in our experience of Christian faith. There will be moments of challenge and confrontation on the way as we confront the living Lord and he confronts us with the reality of what he has done for us and the reality of who we are as we see ourselves before God. There is challenge and there is confrontation and there will be things that we struggle to understand and there will be things to confuse us and cause us to question. And challenge and confrontation are part of our journey and encounter and experience will also be part of our experience too. As I think about that incredible story, one of the things that can so easily be missed, I want you to hold on to this. In this encounter between good, between the power of God and his goodness and the forces of evil, in this encounter we can miss something truly wonderful. A troubled man is set free of his trouble. A troubled man is set free of his trouble. That's the good news for each of us. That Jesus comes to set us free and give us new life. And Jesus, praise God, is set apart. I want to challenge each of us very briefly with a few suggestions. I want to challenge each of us to explore beyond our normal experience of church. We can get so fixed in our ways, can't we? And ministers are no exception. But God, I believe, wants us to place ourselves outside our normal, everyday, usual experience of church. And it seems to me during this time of COVID-19, where everything is different anyway, this is the right time for us to think about how in my faith can I move beyond the place I'm in at the moment? Lord, what steps can I take with you today? that will help me grow in faith. It might be to read afresh parts of the Bible, perhaps to start a daily reading plan, perhaps to read a letter or a gospel. A 51-year-old shopkeeper once wrote, I was reading the gospel according to St Mark. When I read about the crucifixion, I had an indescribable feeling, which included a feeling of fear, elation and awe. I knew that Jesus Christ was with me. 
the Bible, as we seek that it would be our companion, has power to change our lives, drawing us ever closer to Jesus. Some of us may feel challenged to take a step walking closer to Jesus by joining a Bible study group or a prayer group, and lots of parishes are doing those sorts of things at the moment. I encourage you to join in whatever your parish is doing. Things will be happening now and as Lent approaches, parishes will be doing all sorts of stuff. Don't be on the sidelines. Take that step. Get involved. Sign up that we may move out of our comfortable places and encounter and experience God in a new way. And a seed to plant for each of us beyond this time. Many people have discovered going away on retreat, on holiday, a Christian holiday like new wine, where you're hungry for God, there can be huge opportunities to grow. And some of the deepest experience of Christian faith that I have encountered have been through those times away. Plant those seeds now, that our faith would continue to grow. This time of coronavirus, a time where all our lives are upside down, a time for questions, a time to ask what really matters, but most of all, a time to deepen our roots, seeking to encounter more of God. Perhaps a time for some of you to really seek his presence for the very first time, and so I leave you with this question. As Jesus calls each of us to follow him, where can you place yourself intentionally? What step can you take to keep growing as we walk together with God? Dear Lord Jesus, Help me to step from the comfortable places to discover more of your love for me. Help me to step to the challenging places to learn and discover and experience more of your precious way for me. Amen. So now a uh, musical item from uh, the Beadle family. Thank you.
So we affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so the Lord be with you, and also with you. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We say the prayer beginning with the words, Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers, and grant our government wisdom. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness, and let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people, and bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and let your glory be over all the earth. O God, make clean our hearts within us and renew us by your Holy Spirit. And the collect for today, the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. Creator God, who in the beginning commanded the light to shine out of darkness, we pray that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ may dispel the darkness of ignorance and unbelief. Shine into the hearts of all your people and reveal the knowledge of your glory in the face of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the collect for peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us in all assaults of our enemies, that we surely trusting in your protection may not fear the power of any adversaries through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now at this point, Alan Williamson is going to bring us our intercessions. Thank you, Alan. It's great to be with you here in Munyanein Church as we come to pray. Our response today is, if the sun shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. So if the sun shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. We've been thinking in our readings about the freedom that Jesus gives, and we're going to continue those thoughts in our prayers. Life-giving God, one of your most characteristic actions is to set people free. As you freed your people from Egypt, from Babylon, and finally on the cross, from everything that would destroy us, so we ask you to set your church free in this age from the divisions and rivalries and obsessions that have put us back in chains 
give us the deep security that enables us to give each other freedom to be different. Help us to exercise the grace we have received. If the sun shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. Life-giving God, one of your most characteristic actions is to give people hope. There's a wonderful roll call of those who you have blessed with invincible hope, who have fought for freedom without using violence. Be with us in our world and particularly in those places where people suffer as a result of debt or hunger or COVID and so, so much more. Be with us as we bring about change and let them know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If the sun shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. Living God, one of your most characteristic actions is to give us personal freedom. We get caught up by so many things in our society. Drugs, television, social media, online shopping, obsessions with how we look and what shape we are. Above all, we're addicted to doing our own thing and so resisting your loving purpose for us. We live lives of doing what it is that we want to do. And Lord, we pray that you would release us into the freedom of Christ. Help us to live lives of faithful joy that draw others to the one we follow. May our lives be so freely shared that others will want to share that freedom. In silence, Lord, we offer you ourselves and ask that you would free us inside. Grant our hearts freedom. Make our lives yours. We are not our own, but yours. Put us to what you will. For if the sun shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. Living God, one of your most characteristic actions is to bring freedom of healing to the sick and comfort to the bereaved. Give the assurances of your loving healing presence to those whom are in our hearts and in our communities across Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. We bring those people before you now. May these your children experience the freedom of your near presence and your healing love. If the sun shall set us free, we shall be free indeed. Life-giving God, in the freedom of your spirit, bring us and all for whom we have prayed to the freedom of your kingdom 
and the light of everlasting day. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, our true and living Lord. Amen. service this morning. Thank you so much for joining us from wherever today finds you and may you know God's blessing uh, this day. Uh, and if you have enjoyed this service then please do feel free to either tune in to our diocesan service which comes every uh, week uh, or alternatively here at Drumcliffe Parish and also Manor Hamilton uh, have uh, service or services every week and if you like this service then do like, share, and uh, respond in the normal way. Uh, so, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, 
be with us all evermore. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us and those whom we love. Amen.